Warning, this podcast is rated not safe for work for profanity, sexual innuendo, and general silliness. Unbeknownst to Brandy and to Kev, I've already started recording. So we'll see how this goes. Because it's the Macabre Academy and there's Brandy. Wait, are we recording yet? Oh yeah, I just I just started it right off the bat, so we're gonna wait. Where's on Kev? I oh. don't know. Maybe he had to pee. Fucking dick. You know what I didn't get was that little like, and that's how I wound up in the blah blah blah. Yeah, he didn't say that. He was annoyed with us. He legit was a teacher. I got that when he was like, I'll just let you talk. And I was like, okay. Here he is. You got to think of one when I hit admit. Ready? Motherfucker, I can't think of one. Think of one. I'm fucking trash. All right. I'll I'll think of something. Did you hit it? Not yet. I'm trying to think. (laughs) See, it's not easy. Okay. Wait. You got to wait for his audio to connect. I was like, did we not let him in? You can't sit with us. Mm Mm-mm. I forgot. <laughs> Motherfuck. <laughs> I forgot what I was going to say. God damn it. It's so hard. How do you do that, Kev? What? I'm already recording, so I thought when you joined the meeting, I'd say, like, that's how I ended up in the blah, blah, blah. And I, I, I had something, and then as soon as it said audio connect, gone. Well done. I know, right? This is what sleep deprivation does. Okay. Brandy's playing with her hair. We're already done. Okay, look. I've been researching this for months. I have 20 pages of notes. We gotta do Tara Proud. Okay, this is House Barnum, all right? Get your shit together. Did anyone name your damn turtles? Actually, they did. Yeah. Um, that would be Tara. Look at her. I know. I was reading the email to my sister because I was particularly proud. She was literally the only one who submitted. So proud she, of that girl. She, so that was it. Okay. We need more Taras. I know, right? Okay. So I'm going to read her submission. Now, I might butcher the pronunciation, but this is the names of the turtles now. I'm not sure if I can offer more than one name, but here it goes. Then there's a uh, Kepra, which is a version of Kepri, a form of the Egyptian god, sun god Ra, which means he who is coming into being. And then Kek or Keki, an Egyptian god of darkness before life began. It means darkness. Ooh. I was obviously on an Egyptian kick when I was brainstorming, and I wanted to offer names that were different than what you might normally hear. I also normally hate siblings with the same name that start with the same letter. So I chose two names with the option that the two names sounded close together, mostly Kepra and Keki. Haha. And she's a twin, so she understands that naming thing. Like if I would have been, if it would have been like Justin and Justine. That would have been awful. Yeah. Okay. So we should give her her episode because she she she's earned it and a House Barnum t-shirt for free. So I got to email her on that. Okay. The Burning of Bridget Cleary. This is an adult 
victim. So no kids in this episode, even though there was some fucked up violence or whatevs. Okay. I can deal with that. Yeah. Um, the book is by Angela Bork and B B O U R K. Okay. So I only hit chapter three to do my notes, which is even worse. So Tara also owns this book. I didn't ruin it for you. I promise. But I'm a long-winded bitch, so let's let's get this ball rolling. So this is a narrative, so hopefully it's more linear that we can stay on track. That is the hope. Hey, let's do this. I make no promises. Granny's so hungry she's eating her microphone. I'm not. I'm just chewing on the other side of it. <laughs> I'm surprised you're not well, eating cheese. You're normally eating something every episode. I had a bagel already. Oh, that was in the first episode. something the first episode. Come on now. <laughs> All right. I'm drinking water, guys. This is how desperately tired I am to try to get through this because I'm so jazzed. Let's Let's do the thing. Okay. So we're looking at the winter of 1894 into 1895. So that's why I set up all that 19th century shit. Like 100 years before I was born? Yeah. Legit. Literally. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Okay. So this winter particularly sucked because it was coldest on record in the county of Tipperary Island, Ireland, Steph. So it was a rural area, so agriculture was severely impacted. Okay, so we're going we're gonna to come back to that little chestnut later, so hold on to it. Now, Bridget Cleary was 26 at the time of her death. Not a spoiler alert because the title is Burning of Bridget Cleary. Okay, so we already know she's dying at some point. And she well, was. She in, doesn't. She does. I'm sorry. She might not. Stay tuned. Like you could survive that, maybe. No. Just wait until you find out what happens. To what? Yeah, she's playing with her phone case. Playing with your phone case. Hi, I'm tired, and my ADHD is coming out. You can't be mad at me. So Bridget Cleary was an incredibly remarkable woman of her time. And Brandy, I think you might like this lady. Okay, so hang in there. Okay. She was very attractive. Okay. And generally, she's young. All right, what? She's like a year or two older than you? No. How old are you? About the same age. I'm like 25 and a half. Uh, Why are you 23 in my brain? I don't fucking know. Okay, well, she's your age. Uh, (laughs) Okay. She's born to Patrick Boland. You got to remember the names, okay? Because this is rural community where everybody knows everybody, and it's okay. on a first and last name basis. So I tried my best to try to distinguish between these, but there's like three mics in the story. So Bridget was born to Patrick Boland and Bridget Keating, and this her parents were married 1856 laboring class and they lived in general squalor and the numbers at this point were dwindling because the uh great famine had happened and they wound up in these little cabiny things kev what do you know about the great famine don't you know something about that besides potatoes a lot of people were hungry <laughs> wasn't it no that's wrong I feel like it was caused by something else. 
I believe there was something that was wrong with the crops that year. I want to say it's like a bug or a fungus. See, or- I thought it was like the plague that then caused the potato famine. It was a plague according of plants. To, according to Google, yeah, the Great Famine, also known as the Great Hunger, sometimes referred to as the Irish potato famine, mostly on the side of Ireland, with a period of mass starvation and disease in Ireland between 1845 and 1849. Population fell into fell between twenty to twenty five percent due to mortality and immigration. Oh, okay. You keep talking. I'll keep reading. That's fine. So, anybody who was involved in the uh, great family fa- famine, the families that family? survived lived in these tiny houses. Okay, but not like the cool tiny houses now. They're like little cabins with like no cottages. Plumbing. Yeah. So I'm going to talk about these housing plans for just a moment because it makes sense later. Okay. So these are all chestnuts. I'll quiz you on later. About a million people died. I'm just going to keep going in random, random things. Random facts. Perfect. I'm already on to housing plans and he's like, this many people died. A million people died. Perfect. Oh, here we go. Here we go. I found the proximate cause. Uh, It was a natural event, a potato blight, which infected potato crops throughout Europe during the 1840s. Uh, also causing some 100,000 deaths outside of Ireland uh, and influencing much unrest through uh, widespread in Europe. Revolutions of, and it caused the uh, revolutions of uh, 1848. Wow. So a blight of potatoes. God Which damn is why potatoes. Irish food should have no potatoes in it. Okay, so housing plans were arranged for the laborers that survived. And they were often around these forts or wraiths that had been overgrown with vegetation. Technically, they were circular embankments left over from medieval dwellings, but they had no defensive purpose. Okay, so they just caught them a fort. There was an uncomfortable mystery around them, and they were avoided because of these underground passages beneath them. The allure of these structures was how it stirred, again, that imagination because there weren't answers. And it fueled these traditions of oral fairies that we saw in part one. Locals would refuse to build on top of them. So great measures were taken to avoid them. And these construction projects would just kind of like sneak around them. Again, hold on to that tidbit. There's a lot of tidbits to hold. Hold Are there secret tunnels? Yeah. Can I get a bushel for all these tidbits? <laughs> Can you turn them around on the, the turnip market? You know, I've been, getting, I've been sleeping in too late and forgetting to buy fucking turnips. Me too. Fucking stock market, I tell you. We are, this is now an Animal Crossing podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, the Macabre Academy oh, spin-off podcast. A, spin-off podcast. We're doing Twitch. Yeah, duh. I did my practice stream. I'm just waiting for the cord to come in for the... DLSR camera so that I'm not blurry. But I got the capture card and everything. Like we're ready to stream Animal Crossing and talk about Macabre Academy have Bullshit. classes and shit. Like there's a lot coming I'm working on with my sister. But again, I have to wait until I have internet in my new apartment. So I will fill you in on that later. Bridget Boland, that's her maiden name, was born in 1868. Or 1869, they're not entirely sure, as the youngest child. 
these date like you ran into that too brandy yeah, i believe i fucking hate it mm-hmm. well records from this time are rough at best yeah it's not like today when you go into the hospital and they record time weight blah 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 even you i yeah. think do you mind if i mention your birth records for a moment nope go for it right so we didn't the no the thing you cannot know you do not know there is a chance that if we do get your birth records from the hospital, which is still on my to-do list, to try to figure out what your sun sign is. Yeah. We, or yeah, whatever, time of birth. There's a chance that they didn't start recording that until like later 90s. Mm-hmm. So on my birth certificate from 86, there's no time of birth. I know because my mom drilled it in my head because I was not allowed to open my birthday presents until 12.15 on my birthday in the afternoon. And Justin had to wait an extra minute. He was pissed. I came out first. So these records aren't that concise. And they're getting more concise as technology moves forward. Mm -hmm. You know, but there's a chance that when we get your, your birth records from the adoption... Because you can yes. get access as long as they're yeah. not terminated. So we have to figure that out because I really want to get star charts done for us. Yes. Another another episode. When the rest of the family worked, was working as the youngest child that freed her up to be educated, she went to a primary school unlike her other siblings and was taught needlework, reading, writing, arithmetic none of that common core shit okay (laughs) i got through my whole life with arithmetic i was fine please teach arithmetic again this 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 finishing school also taught her like hygiene manners and catholic doctrine big big shocker there catholics (laughs) assholes she had an older brother too like i said she's the youngest but her siblings don't really come into play here for some reason it's a lot of cousins it's almost like a west virginia family reunion or something i don't know (laughs) as the youngest daughter of this family though she was the apple of patrick's eye her father and she even financially supported him until her death Now, what's unusual for Bridget at this time is that she had been sent to an apprenticeship in Conmel, which was 11 miles from her home. So it was another little town. And it was much more metropolitan. She's hanging out with laborers and farms and blah, 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 blah. When you go to the city for these apprenticeships that she's about to start, you know, she's in the city. There's more culture, there's more ideas, there's fashion, there's food, information, yada, yada, yada. And her parents were making an unprecedented uh, financial investment in her future because this costs some serious dough to train as an artisan. She was actually learning the trade of dressmaking and sewing. But she learned clerking and shopkeeping classes at the same time. As expensive as this was for her parents, she was giving her trade skills for the rest of her life. And they probably weren't as bad as my student loans. Just saying. Truth. 
What really marked her, though, as a modern woman was the American Isaac Singer sewing machine from 1851. And it had a patented foot tradle. Now, this bitch was the latest model, even though we're, we're comparing a couple years to a couple years, because this particular model is from America. It's imported and it costs some cash to get. This was also, I believe, a gift from her, parent, her parents. Now, after her death, there was some descriptions of her published by a local newspaper called the Court Examiner. So I want you to get a feel of what she was like in life. It says, and I'm going to read this, so forgive me for reading again. Uh, People speak of Bridget as being a bit queer in her ways. They attribute a certain superiority over people she came into contact with and basically complained that she dressed weird. It was more common. uh, Oh, I'm out of quotes. I'm reading myself now. It was more common for someone to cover their head with like a shawl or a scarf. Now, Bridget, I mean, she was a stylish bitch. She wore a black straw hat trimmed with ribbon, and she had a couple of chicken feathers sticking out of it pinned to her head. You know, you got that image. I could see you wearing that. Oh, my God. Yes, please. I had a witch hat with the feathers in it, too. I had chicken feathers, too. It don't matter. I think they were just jealous bitches that they they called this weird. Oh, 100%. The hat that I just described was still hanging in her room after her body was discovered. So it was her favorite hat, by the way. It was, well, my speculation at best, but if that hat is still hanging up in your room, you fucking like that hat. Mm-hmm. Okay. She was always well-dressed. She was a fucking dressmaker. And she died fashionably. The day that she died, she had like an outfit on and then had changed or something. But it had a red petticoat with gray stays, a flannel dress that went over top with a cashmere jacket. I mean, I I love me some cashmere. I'm not going to lie. I only had one sweater in my entire life. Black stockings and boots. Also strange at the time was she had her ears pierced and she had a gold earring in each ear, which meant that she was doing well financially. Mm-hmm. All right. Sorry, Kev. I'll skip the rest of the fashion stuff. Okay. No, go ahead. I got suede shoes coming in tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> I love that you posted that in the group chat of your shoes. I was so proud for you. You want to say no photos? Yes. Yes. Those things are awesome. I love those. I'm actually gonna. I'm actually gonna get pants tailored so I can wear them with a suit. I love. Yes, that. that should be your profile picture on the website. Is just your lower legs and those shoes. No photos. Actually, what I think I might. What I might do is I might just hold the shoes and say no photos up in front of my face and take a selfie. Perfect. Perfect. I need that for the website. So you got to use the good side of your camera. Okay. Those shoes actually have a really interesting story, but we'll get to that later. No, tell the story. So this is about fashion are, right now. So the shoes we're talking about are um, Nike Air Jordan One, not for resale. Because a lot, what a lot of people do is they'll buy sneakers to re- to flip them to make money off them. Mm-hmm. So you you don't take them out of the box, you don't lace them, you don't wear them. And this one shop was like, "This is fucking stupid. These shoes are made to be worn." So what they made you do is when you went to buy them, you had to lace them up in the store and wear them out, and you didn't get to take your box with you. Perfect. Nice. 
They're fucking great. They also make a black and yellow pair, which I'm considering buying. Hmm. Do it. Black and yellow. Black and yellow. The front of them set the front. The front of the shoe is just black and white. So I'm actually going to get them tailored and wear them and wear them for suits when I have to take my wife to events for her work. Mm. I, I I think it'd be classy as fuck. I would love to see you in a suit with the beard and the hair and the shoes. Yeah, those shoes look. are those shoes are dope. I love those fucking shoes. So see, he's got a little swagger, and Bridget has a little swagger. Okay. I gotta quit saying okay. I have a new nervous tick, and I'm not happy about it. I hear it now, and it won't stop. She was doing well. Just like punch yourself every time you say it. Yeah, really. I'm I'm gonna put forth my best conscientious effort to get through this episode with only like two more OKs, not including the one I just disclosed. Bridget earned extra cash by selling fowl and trading eggs. It was very lucrative for Irish women to participate in this side job. Um, In fact, women could earn more monies than their husbands who participated in manual labor. It's interesting. No, that's my phobia. Manual labor. (laughs) There's a certain level of hedonism to you, Kev, that I just adore. Loth and gluttony, baby. Let's go. Yeah, I'm watching you with your cigar going, I detest manual labor. Let us cavort like the Greeks of old. You know the ones I mean. <laughs> I just need you to have like a glass of booze in your hand when you say it, because you're just, just the flick of the, the cigar while you said it was just, get on the Patreon and see it. It was just, ugh, it was charming. But I'm a sucker for that. I... Uh, I do enjoy men who are unapologetically male. It's a term of endearment that I use, but podcast. <clears throat> I'm sitting here like, I'm going to describe my perfect man. Maybe I'll will it into being because that's what witches do. Women had a certain independence from this chicken trade. And this did not go well in a patriarchal society. So you get a little bit of resentment hanging out there. It's funny because chickens oh that was a burp chickens i know right it was what what chickens. <laughs> that's not what i heard you two are trash actually one episode Eight you guys traded take sounds which what's your chicken sound brandy what is your chicken i don't have sound? a chicken sound i like pee pee chickens that's what I call it. chicken sound. I like the peep, Sound Maiden, please, for the love of God, make a, a, a ringtone for Patreon of Kevin making chicken noises. I need it to be my text tone now. It's not me for once. I know. The chickens were considered. <laughs> we're not going to get through this. There's no way. There's no way. Just push through. Chickens we'll were seen. We have to. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I have never Maybe. said that to you, but shut the hell up for a minute. <laughs> Let me get through this because you're going to have really good commentary if I can just get the next two sentences out. Okay, cool. Go. 
Ready? We're going to play the quiet game. Don't break the cookie jar or whatever the fuck it is. Chickens were chickens. Kev. I win. I was trying to get you back on track. (laughs) This is why you guys are my best friends. Just so you know. No, chickens. We're talking about chickens. I want. I got some chicken coming in tomorrow. Okay, go. Chickens. I also have a brisket I need to smoke. Oh my god. Now I'm hungry. He said the magic word brisket. Ooh. I I smoke a mean brisket. A little salt, a little pepper, some onion powder on top of there. Low and slow, 250 degrees for like 14 hours. Fuck it up, baby. I mean, I could go for some low and slow. Chickens. Chicken. We're seen. As a curse left by the devil, the Danes. The what? The Danes. The Danes. Gotta love those Danes. Kev, please fill her. How are chickens a curse? They're so delicious. Okay, here's why. They're very destructive. Same. Yeah, but they're so tasty. They really are. I love eggs. I could literally eat eggs for every meal of the day and be fine because there's so many different ways to prepare eggs and then you can oh, even my like scrambled eggs are fire so like same soft boiled, but like no one would want to lift live with me i wanted chickens when i lived in north carolina however my dad my dad was oh bless her heart tammy i love i love tammy so much she was the only stepmother i had that i loved and she lived with my dad and he had four acres of property and i moved up there for a couple months to get out of abusive relationship big shocker and I was like, I want chickens because every little roadside you passed, you could get like zucchini, tomatoes, and baby chickens. And I wanted a baby chick. We and had baby she, chickens. Yeah. Well, I'm, I wasn't allowed to have them because- They got when, run over by the car. I'm I got, I got one. I'm going to one-up you. I'm going to pull a Dex. Okay, ready? That's fine. Tammy would not let me have the chickens because she said when she was a little girl, because she grew up in the farm- land in you know north carolina or tennessee like south okay south they butchered the chickens and one time when they were popping the heads off the chicken got up and was running around with blood spurting out of its neck and it chased her scared the bejesus out of her and i tried to explain to her that i wasn't going to butcher the chicken long story short i'm not allowed to have the chicken you're now a farming podcast we're yeah we're getting there witches i am in love with this family-run business mystical existence the bath products that turn your ordinary self-care ritual into a celestial experience as a witch My bathing habits are sacred. So I was overjoyed to find products that not only smell amazing, but don't irritate my sensitive skin. My favorite scent is Scorpio, which was designed with Maggie's daughter and the perfume her mother used to wear at heart. All soaps, lotions, and bath bombs are handmade with supplies that are purchased from ethical and responsible manufacturers. 
A portion of the products are vegan for all you animal lovers out there. As the wheel of the year turns, new products are designed to match the seasons. Currently only available in the United States, you can find Mystical Existence on Facebook, Instagram, or at their website, mysticalexistence.com. For 15% off, use our promo code MACABRE. That's M-A-C-A-B-R-E. So, chickens by the Danes. Chickens tore up thatched roofs of these tiny uh, cabins that they lived in. And it was also thought that their droppings or, you know, their shit ruined the grass their cattle ate. And we already know like how special cows are to the Celts because we, we, I spent a whole podcast on that one. My favorite is that they're cursed because chickens talk too much like the women folk. Oh, we're fucked. That's literally what just happened. So super appropriate. I'm not sorry. Both chickens and women were hard for men to control. Truth. So Bridget. You can't control me. No, I really can't. But that's Not why I love sorry. you. Just run your mouth. Just, just <laughs> do the things. However, my only complaint about these amazing blue light glassy things is that they get greasy so fast because I need a shower and I'm still covered in buttercream from work. Oh, no. Okay. Bridget married Michael Cleary. This, re- this date is, is, is on there, 1887. And their marriage lasted seven years. It was pretty stable. In fact, they, they were like a power couple or something. They're like, oh, they're cute together. Both worked and both had income. So they're definitely better off than their peers financially if we didn't establish that from the dressmaking and the chickens. What's unfortunate is Bridget was childless. And everything indicates that this was probably not by choice. They did have fur babies, however. There might have been a cat, but I remember Badger the doggo. They had a dog named Badger. Remind me of Badger after she dies, because I have to tell you what happened to Badger. No. Oh, yeah. Am I going to cry? Yes. They shared a home, the Clearys now, right? Bridget and Michael Cleary, with her father, Patrick Volant. So all three adults live in this cabin. Ew. Bridget. Hmm? Ew. Uh, it's better than my mother-in-law. My, I'd rather oh live with guess. my. Yeah. Bridget met Patrick. Why did I write? Oh, I'm, I'm tired. I stayed up when I write in these notes. Bridget met M- Michael who was a Cooper. I don't know what the hell a Cooper is, Kev, if you want to get on that, but he was a Cooper while she was studying in Conmo. She was 18. Mike was 27. So that's not so bad. That's a nine year gap. Yeah. She's like, so what? A Cooper is a maker or repairer of casks and barrels. Oh, perfect. Thank you. I didn't look that up, so Kev's on it. So their marriage started off a little strange. Mike stays 
in Conmel to work as a casket repairman, apparently. Well, barrel. No, not a casket, like a cask. Yeah. Not a casket, not a thing you put a body in. They're a not casket. You can put a body in anything if you try hard enough. I'm, th- I'm thinking not- it holds alcoholic beverages. It's a, it's a yes, barrel. Yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah, that. Yeah. You said casket. Yeah, it's a casket. No, it's a cask. A casket is something completely different. You mean, oh, buried people. Look, you can fit a body in anything if you try hard enough. All you need is a wood chipper. Truth. I'm you just ignored thinking, it the first time I said it. I had to say it again. I, I'm just thinking t-shirts, okay? If, You're welcome. Mm-hmm. I'm trash. Pittsburghies aside, he stayed in Conmel to work. Now, she stayed home. With her parents, her mother was dying. I don't know of what, but she wanted to take care of her before she passed. She does ultimately die well before Bridget Bridget, Bridget does. Okay, she's also not part of our narrative. On the weekends, Mike would come up or down or whatever. He would go visit Bridget for the weekend and they would hang out. But this made... For gossip, because this is just not how you did a marriage. By all accounts, though, they were a happy couple. And uh, she was unorthodoxly independent, but that didn't seem to impact the marriage at all. That was not the issue. What the issue was is March 4th, which was a Monday, 1895. It was cold and it was snowing, because remember, it was coldest winter on record. Bridget walked from her home and Valley Vale. Look, she walked from her home to her father's cousin's house, Jack Dunney. Jack lived near one of those fairy fort things in his little cabin and Calangra. He also had a wife named Kate. They were also childless. The mission for Bridget was simply deliver eggs and possibly collect payment. But when she arrived at the residence, nobody was home. The walk home was so miserable and so cold. She tried to warm herself by the fire when she got inside and it just seemed like it was in vain. The next day, Bridget complains of a migraine and she starts having severe shivering which has left her bedridden. And this carries on for the rest of the week. Wednesday, March 13th, Bridget's aunt, Mary Kennedy, came from her home a half a mile away to visit Bridget. And the current speculation is Bridget was probably ill with bronchitis. By the 14th, she was critically ill. The doctor determined her condition was so deteriorated that they had a priest come and read her her last rites. Now, she does not die of bronchitis explicitly. As we put this together. Bitch gets burned. Later that evening, Michael, her husband, and several other members of her family were tending to her. She had been pinned down to the bed by the male family members while they dumped a tincture of herbs boiled in urine and milk. 
Ew. Yeah. That Weirdly, would smell so bad. Well, it's. I'm it's, not here to kink shame. <laughs> I'm here to kink shame. That's fucking gross. Gross. I. Let me make it a little less gross. Okay. So I understand the herbs and the milk because there's this thing on Pinterest that I love and I do it all the time and it's called moon tea. Okay. Instead of brewing the tea in water, you treat it like a chai and you boil the tea in milk. And then you add honey, a little dash of cinnamon, and it really helps you sleep and puts you into a peaceful state. I am. I used to make me and Catherine a rose moon tea every night before bed for like a solid like three months. Love moon tea. I'll have to post my my recipe on Pinterest or not. On, I have a blog for the, God's sake. That's where that information goes. I will blog the moon tea at one point. So we write it down. Remind me. She does not have beautiful rose moon tea, though. She has urine, and <clears throat> yeah. Could you imagine, like, the way hot pee would smell? Actually, I've tasted hot pee on accident. <clears throat> so no. you know the notorious five-minute blowjob that I talk about. Yes, I was in college. And there was a particular male that I was performing the five-minute blowjob on. And not only was it a five-minute blowjob, but he was so overstimulated that after he orgasmed, the the little switch went off in his penis. And then he actually peed in my mouth on top of it. I'm not here to nope. king shame. That's fucking nope. No, nope. Would nope. not nope. recommend. Would nope. never do again. But it's nope. not as bad as you're making it. You look like you're going to cry or throw up. <laughs> no. Listen, like my Look, regular have... pee smells bad because I drink eight shots of espresso a day, so it smells like straight up espresso. And I'm just picturing that like boiling. It's not that <clears throat> brandy. <clears throat> Stop. Think of something else. <laughs> I can't. It's so gross. Kev, help her. Help dumping. her. Like, I actually had it dumped down my throat, and you're sitting here, like, ready to throw up. (laughs) Oh, my God, ew. (laughs) I hate pee. I'm just going to start spamming the group chat with all kinds of uh, water sport picks. Yes. Actually, let me redirect you, if I may, because you were more obsessed with the shit on the floor in the sew-up case. So, you just have a problem with things that are expelled from the body. I think it do. Point. That's fair. That's a no Any, for me, dog. Yeah, anything that no leaks, <laughs> she's, she's not about it. No. You don't even do with the crying very well. If I start no. crying, you're like, oh, you're leaking. I'm like, oh, stop. You're, you're leaking from your eye holes. Can you stop that? <laughs> Wait, so listen, I'm obsessed with Grey's Anatomy and I know it's trash and just leave me alone. But the one scene... The one girl's like bawling in the bathroom because someone died. And the one girl's like, it's okay. We're here if you need to talk. And that's you. And then I'm sitting in the corner going, you have 20 minutes or I'm taking the door off the hinges. <laughs> and I'm like, no, wait, that's me. Like, yeah. I, tough like I would do that. Okay. So. We're never going to get through this. No, we're not. I'm redirecting. Because I have to remind her of the urine again, momentarily. 
So she's thrashing because this is an unpleasant experience, not unlike Uh you're doing right now. She struggled. Mike and this daddy Patrick guy tried to like, in the name of God, let me know if you are in fact Bridget Cleary. So they're invoking, you know, Christian beliefs as well, trying to get her to admit that she is not Bridget Cleary. The belief that this was now Faye and witch shenanigans was now rampant in the house amongst these family members. Just that's it. Now our buddy, Mike, I keep calling him Mike. It's, I feel like it's disrespectful to a certain level because in 1895, you didn't call Michael Mike. So we're going to Mike this guy. Yeah. Fuck him. Or don't. That that's a whole separate. I mean, I was waiting for we're not here to kink shame, and I was, was gonna like, say it. Is necrophilia <laughs> on the list of kink shaming? Is it necrophilia if he's like not a real person anymore? Like, if it, is it necrophilia if they're like a ghost, or is that a different thing? No, that's I, we got to name that after um the guy from Ghostbusters. <sighs> That's like my favorite thing of all time. I did that clip of me too in Evie and Ghostbusters. <sighs> Steph. Dan Aykroyd. Okay. Yeah. We're going to call it getting Aykroyded or something. Aykroyd. Whatever. I'll think of it later. So our buddy. No, we're, we're moving on. Our buddy Mike claimed not to remember any other events that happened that evening. Apparently, he had suffered from a bout of tuberculosis at some point that left him epileptic. Okay. Conveniently blacked out for 30 minutes. And, like, he totally healed after this 30 minutes. Oh, yeah. You don't heal from tuberculosis, but okay. Cool. Well, no, this is damaged permanently from getting tuberculosis. What's really fucked up is Cleary's dad, right, our buddy Mike, had passed away, died earlier that evening. So it was supposed to be his, like, wake that night. It's called an Ernine in Ireland. A wake was a good-ass time. That was a fucking party. They were all night's affairs, and they were a social event. People ate, they drank, they played games, they told stories and other amusements. Like you wanted to be Listen, at that's a wake. What I want. Yeah, you you celebrated their life and you you did it hard. Balls when my grandma deep. died, we went to a restaurant and I got really really drunk. And well, everyone was like, "Brandy, this is inappropriate." And I was like, "Do you want to fucking fight me?" It's highly appropriate. It's fair. It was totally appropriate. So he was not at his own father's death party. That's fucked. Mm-mm. He had convinced a few people to stay behind and help with Bridget's air quote treatment. Oh, what? So he's not at his dad's wake. And after they've been doing this for hours, four of these cousins peace out around 1 a.m. And they go, fuck it. We're going to walk to this party. We're not missing out. 1 a.m. They're still partying at this Arnine. You're cool. Go have fun. Bridget's dad, Patrick, was at the wake 
But then he's sitting there and I guess he feels guilty because he's like, oh man, my daughter's fucking homesick. What, I, I shouldn't fucking be here. So he heads back to the Cleary residence to care for his daughter. So there's this cousin, another Michael, this is Michael Kennedy, does a double back from the Arnine in the wee hours of the morning to check on Bridget. Now, by the time he gets back, she is MIA. Disappeared. He was told she had been seen walking across the field in her nightdress while it was still dark. Stranger yet, it was claimed that fairies were leading her away. And this fueled the idea that she was replaced by a sick changeling. So the next day, uh, Michael Kennedy goes poking around town for information. Have you seen Bridget? Did did she come to your place last night? Have you seen her this morning? Whatever. He pokes around town. This is where he runs into Michael Cleary, her husband, and another man who was limping. And he had been in the attendance of Bridget's treatment that night. His name was that Jack Dunney that I told you about earlier. The one who was supposed to get the, the, the egg monies or whatever. Neither one knew what happened that night, supposedly. But Mike was very distraught. Yeah. The two men, Michael Cleary and Jack Denny, were on their way to the Catholic Church in the middle of town. Jack had convinced Mike to seek out a priest because he was rambling. He was saying things like two strangers, a fire, and wanting to slit his own throat. Michael decides, Kennedy decides to tag along, and he wants to see how this all plays out. When they reach the churchyard, a young priest comes out and meets the trio. He looks at Jack after looking at Michael Cleary, who's a hot mess, and is like, what the fuck is this dude's problem? Dunay discloses Michael, Mike Cleary, was carrying on about burning his wife and three or four men helping to bury her. Jack was trying to be a good Catholic, and he thought Bridget needed a proper burial. That's why they went to go talk to the police, because maybe they could figure out where the body was, give her a good Christian burial or whatever. Father Ryan sees the commotion and comes out. He was the priest that read her her last rites earlier that day. And he's in terror, because he had seen her alive, even though she was very ill, right? He had seen her alive. And he goes, how the fuck could four men go mental and bury someone in the middle of the night like that? So there's a big socio-political thing that's in the book. We're going to edit it out for time's sake because it's already one o'clock in the morning. And this is 20 pages of notes. Father Ryan goes straight across the street to the barracks. They don't have like police, but they have like this militant thing that kind of acts like police and they have like a barracks and he meets with sergeant patrick egan to explain that mike is off of his fucking rocker 
and he's put under supervision in his own home. After he talked to Dunne, this Sergeant Egon realized there's fuckery afoot. When the priest and the Sergeant double back, Dunne is standing with the younger priest trying to convince Mike to rescue Bridget from the fairies near his place because he has that fort, ring fort right by his house. But he was not going to do that shit himself. It was Mike's job to do it. Egan tried to question Cleary, but he had like no answers and he was visibly disturbed. So he's like, oh, okay, okay, buddy, let's get you home. And by the time Mike and Egan reach the Cleary residence, what did you say? Mike finally says something. She left about 12 o'clock last night. And then Where'd he didn't, she go? Well, he said he didn't see anything else because he was chilling in bed. Bullshit. Patrick, her dad, mysteriously shows up bawling. My daughter will come back to me. No, she won't. This caused a search party to be organized and spread out to look for her. In the process, complaints were coming from neighbor William Simpson about Bridget being mistreated. Simpson's wife, Minnie, also explained that Bowen had showed up to her house earlier that day saying her daughter had gone away. It's like he's just like in shock. And walking up to people, my daughter will come back to me. My daughter has gone away. He's just, that's all he can say. On St. Patrick's Day, because, you know, everybody's not Broke self- as fuck. No, that's American thing. Oh, damn it. We're trash. Are you in a bathroom? What are you doing? No, I'm in my dining room. Oh, the echo was weird. So I was like, wait a minute. Oh, Sorry. On St. Patrick's Day, Minnie heard Cleary talking about his wife trying to establish a game plan. He was trying to organize a group of local men to go to the ring fort with him to retrieve Bridget. There's this lore that states that women um, taken by fairy folk can be seen riding on a white or gray horse. And that's when he comes up with this cockamamie plan based on the lore. He needed help by uh, getting a couple men to help him secure uh, a cord. There's like a cord you have to cut that was tying her to the horse. And once you cut that cord, then she can stay. Minnie and William Simpson were Protestants. So this all seemed batshit crazy. Just throwing that out there into the Protestants. You guys had some a little bit of sense for that. Uh-huh. Mike seemed even more nuts because he shows up at the Simpson residence asking to borrow Will's resolve revolver. Yeah. In fact, the fact that Will even had a gun made him very unpopular. And the fact that him and Mike were friends to begin with was kind of cool, but he's like a big Pope Nopitude, if you will. Mike had intended to use this gun to force people to help him with Dene's ring fort to get Bridget back. These same motherfuckers convinced him his wife met with fairy foul play and then refused to go with him to go help retrieve her. Didn't want to back him up. That's some shit. Doesn't surprise me. William also reported that Cleary was seen toting a 
big kitchen knife on his back, way back to Kalingrup. I said it right the first time. Kalingrup, whatever, to the fairy fort where he, with his cousins and a small crowd of people who wanted to see Bridget emerge from this fairy fort. Dunne is not amongst them. Three rights in a three rights, three nights in a row, they keep going to the fairy fort, and there is no Bridget. Spoiler alert. I know you're shocked. She did not ride forth from the, the fairy fort. This is my international not, international not surprised face. A warrant was <coughs> issued for nine people in total who participated in the O treatment of Bridget. This is including Michael Kennedy, Patrick Boland, Jack Dunne, and Mike, based on Simpson's testimony. Now, there was another informant. Her name was Joanna Burke, and this was Bridget's first cousin. Now, she gave a statement, so I'm going to try my best to read this and not trip on my own words. I have grounds for believing that the ill treatment which Bridget Cleary was subjected to the administering a pair, uh, a prepared substance by Dennis Ganey. It was by his instruction. She was placed over fire wounded and otherwise ill-treated. I charged Dennis Ganey with the cause Br- with causing Bridget Cleary to be ill-treated and the great bodily harm done to her. Now, Joanna had visited Bridget on the daily. So she saw all of this shit go down, but it's really hard to stop a group full of men from doing something stupid. True. Her testimony says, uh, I think she she said this in court. I'm not 100% sure because I'm tired. I was at the house on the night of the 15th. Bridget was raving. After some time, she got up, dressed, and sat by the fire. Afterwards, she went to bed. I went out for some sticks. When I returned, I met her going out against me in her nightdress. I endeavored to hold her and failed. Since that time, I have not seen her. Her husband followed her for some time and returned. He did not see her. She is missing ever since. Now, she knew Mike was lying and that Bridget was a goner. She, she pretty much watched the shit go down aside from collecting some sticks. But she charged Dennis Ganey as the, 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 you know, the healer that caused her to be ultimately abused. Dennis was a local herb doctor, herb doctor, also called a quack doctor. I was really hoping with all the chicken and the cow stuff that Kev would have quacked at the quack. You wanted it too much. Couldn't do it. Mm. He toys with my emotions. Thank you. The quack doctor who was arrested on the 21st. Mm. He was middle-aged, stout with a limp. He was not 
a laborer, technically. He was literate and a farmer. And he was much more financially stable than the people who were accusing him. The saying? And he had never met Bridget prior to the night that she was abused. The papes. Thank you, Newsies, for that. The papes described him as a medicine man and a witch doctor. But the courts found that there was no case against him, and he was discharged April 15th. Discharge is always fun. Yeah, right? So I hope you didn't forget about our buddy Jack Dunney. No. He was the vital instigator of Bridget's torture. And he tried to downplay this in court and it didn't go out so well. He probably would have been a respected fairy doctor like the Biddy Lady from part one in like previous generations. Because he was a fantastic storyteller. Uh, I think the word is Sinachi or something like that in, in ancient Ireland. I, I'm abusing the language. I'm going to stop. But this included knowledge of incantations, spar- spars. That's charms and spells is spars, by the way. Uh, Fairy legends and ghost stories. Now, Jack was a little cuckoo bananas. He complained that he had lingering back pain from when the fairies decided in the middle of the night that they were going to relocate him from his bed to the lawn to sleep. He also said that ever since he moved next to that fairy fort, that he couldn't sleep that well. The fairies had kept him up all night with their fighting. Listen, I like to sleep on a park bench sometimes. No hobo. Hmm. It's just, it's all of this like horseshit that leaves his mouth that actually makes him a credible expert in his community on the fae folk. That's fucked. That's like me doing three days of research and just going blah, 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 off the cuff. And everybody's like, oh, you're an expert. I'm not an expert. I spent three days reading a book. That was it. Mm -hmm. Jack Dunney had some similar people during this era to compare him to just because. Ironically, both people are tailors. Uh, There's this guy, uh, Tag, Tag, Irish, T-A-D-H-G and Emon, Liam Burke. They were disabled. So they actually compensated with telling a tale. And people came from miles to hear this shit because they were the finest storytellers in their generation. And this was documented by the Irish Folklore Commission that I mentioned er, episode one in 1935. I mean, it, it it was an art. I'll say that again. It really was an art to tell these stories. But I think it's ironic that these stories are being, you know, explained about fairies and abnormalities and shit were being told by abnormal people. They exemplify lateral thinking, a.k.a. problem solving by logical means. Kev, you let me down. What do you want from me? I can only do so much. I know, but I threw Abby Normal at you. Okay. Do you not know the reference? 
Just continue on. This is already a long podcast. He's over it. Jack, well, it's pretty much done. Okay. Jack Dene served three years in prison after Bridget's death and then returned to work as a laborer. Ironically, his wife also died in prison and he became a childless widower. Her father, Patrick Boland, was sentenced to six months of hard labor and that was it. Bridget's body was found March 22nd, a quarter mile from the Cleary residence. She was buried in a shallow grave approximately 18 inches deep and wrapped in a sheet. She was in a fetal position and badly burned. Her head, though, was in a sack and it wasn't burned. It was completely unharmed and one of the gold earrings was left in her left ear. The only scraps of clothing that they could kind of like identify that remained were a part of her black stockings. At some point, Bridget told Michael that the only person who had gone off with the fairies had been his mother. Uh, Michael attempted to force feed his wife all that shit, right? And then he threw her down on the kitchen fireplace on burning pieces of wood. And her cam, her canvas, like her nightdress, caught on fire. And Michael thought this wasn't burning enough. So he threw lamp oil made from kerosene on Bridget. We don't know if she was entirely dead at this point or not. He was found guilty of manslaughter and sentenced to 20 years of uh, penal servitude. 15 years of that was spent in prison. I don't know if you buy that this was malicious or not, but there was speculation in 2006 that Michael Cleary may have had uh, Capgras syndrome in a brief psychotic period. Uh, This Capgras delusion is a psychotic disorder in which a person holds a delusion that a friend, spouse, parent, or close member, even a pet, had been replaced by some sort of identical imposter. It was named after some French psychiatrist, um, but basically the the stress of Bridget's illness caused him to have a psychotic break or whatever. Um, There was a huge debate in England if the Irish could rule at home. So the press coverage fueled the debate if the country even had the ability to govern themselves because Royal Catholics were getting out of hand and the cruelty of their superstitions. In retrospect, um, Cleary's death had been popularly described as the last witch burned in Ireland. Uh, It's the last subject of witchcraft trials. Uh, Bridget has never actually been described as have consorted with the devil, which is customary when you accuse witches. Instead, they're using the fairy changeling lore. So that is that is Bridget Cleary. That was a ride. Yeah, everybody's like done. So that, like that was a that was a wild ride. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. I did have a little PSA, so I'm I'm gonna read the three paragraphs that I wrote on the PSA and then you go, you guys can kick me in the ass. It's fine. Okay. I'm going to say this because I am a witch. This is, this is why I have to say this because they called her the last witch burned. There is a significant weight to coming out of the broom closet and declaring yourself a witch 
in modern society, there is still a lot of stigma and evil associated with the term, right? They were just talking about how normally it's custom to accuse witches of consorting with the devil and that, that it survives today. What kills me is that I studied religion. I have read the Bible. I read the Quran. I read the Vedas. I read the Tao Te Ching. I studied Buddhist doctrine and Native American lifeways. I even had some people come into my life that were practitioners of voodoo that were talking to me and educating me. So I engrossed myself in religions from all over the world. And none of it is fucking evil. You know, I did not come to my faith lightly. And at one point I had wanted to be a Catholic priest. Calling yourself a witch is holding the mantle of the past. You take on the suffering of those that died unjustly and of ignorance. You're not defying stereotypes lightly. It's stepping into your own sovereignty and beginning a life path. Witches who don't fight, they burn. Wicca does not make you a witch. Paganism does not make you a witch. And neither does a fucking Halloween costume. You do. You make yourself a witch. It is your responsibility to do so and embrace the inherent otherness of it. That being said, there is no white way to practice your faith. And don't let any fucking person tell you different. It is your path. It must be true to you. All you need is the belief that using internal and external forces can form a desired outcome. Accept that you might not get what you want, but maybe what you need will find you. And I'm finding through this podcast and through my practice and coming out of the balloon balloon closet. Broom closet. Balloon closet. Yeah, me too. If you reach out you'll find out that you're not exactly free-falling into the unknown. And even what's going on with this apartment and my separation, everything going on in my life, the universe is working in mysterious ways and nobody has all the answers. You know, and all, all else I can say is harm none and blessed be. That is my PSA on being a witch. I got super cereal. Sorry, guys. It's okay. Kind of cereal. I like a good cereal. I'm in the mood for some Frankenberry. No. No, no. Count chocolate is where you gotta go. No, I want the Frankenberry. Oh, fuck you, the Frankenberry. There's nothing wrong with having, you know, a little uh, pink milk. Ew, I hate milk. <laughs> Kev, do I finally get your weird but true? Yes. Yes, you do. So... Did I earn it? Tell me I earned it. I want to know that I'm a good girl. His You're face. always a good girl, Steffi. Mm, thank you. We'll take the rest of this conversation to attack Steffi. <laughs> um, the word that we use for bear is not the word that our ancestors used for bear. The, the actual word has been lost to time because they thought that Saying it or writing it down would invoke a, invoke a bear to come visit them, and you know when you have a stick, you can't really do much against a bear. <laughs> so the word bear actually means brown, and it's not the name for the animal. 
that's not the name for the animal that our, our ancestors used all those years and years ago when they were living in caves. I wish you could see my face. I can't see your face. Uh, no, but they can't. My mind is just blown. Like, I am grinning ear to ear. That is probably the coolest thing I've heard in a hot minute. Hot minute. The word for bear is lost. It's lost to the ether. We have no idea what they actually called that animal. My face hurts from smiling. That is so cool. So they used bear because, I guess, the bears in that area were brown. So they used the same word they used for brown, which was apparently translates to bear. And that's why we call bears bears. So a brown bear is actually redundant. But a polar bear is inaccurate. Yes. It's a, it's as, is, a, as is black bear. <laughs> black brown. Yes. <laughs> that was very poignant. I enjoyed that. I thought you would. Yeah. Brandy completely not even in the, the I brain. think Brandy so like, fell asleep and we're just watching her ceiling as she sleeps. <laughs> no, you would know because I snore. But like, I want to know what the word was. And nobody, I want to know more like knows. those. It's unknown. Nobody knows. But like, are there more words like that? Probably. There has to be. He who shall not be named. That it, it, it exists. <sighs> that being said, Brandy, pick a number. Okay, my darling witches, it's time for your weekly non-offensive dare. You must be a Patreon to participate so you can earn points for your house. Each month, the house with the most points gets to vote on weekly non-offensive dares, topics of future episodes, and so much more. Each week, once you've gotten your dare, you must safely and creatively complete a post on social media so that we can see that you've done the task. You can tag us at Twitter at Macabre Academy, or you can tag us on Instagram at The Macabre Academy, and you must include a hashtag with your house name to obtain the points. The world is a fucked up place. These dares are designed to bring silliness and random acts of kindness into the world. You must safely complete your dare. If you are unsafe, your points will not be counted. You can also earn additional points for your house by being the first to submit episode corrections to us at themacabacademy at gmail.com. Also, if we use your ideas or stories in a future episode, more points may be awarded. Let's return to the podcast to see what your weekly non-offensive dare will be. 63. <laughs> that was a good one. You picked 62 literally in part one, and now no. you pick 63. I know. Okay. 63 is give somebody a piggyback ride. Okay. Six feet away. That's from six feet away. <laughs> Obviously, somebody you know. I tell if you're not safe, your points will not be counted. Social distance piggyback rides. <laughs> How would also who had du- also who had double hurricane on their on their 2020 bingo card? What do you mean double hurricane? You didn't see this shit. No, there's I don't a double watch hurricane going on. There's two hurricanes that are going to just ass fuck the center of the country that are going to hit at the same time. But some people like being ass fucked. That's I mean, I'm, I'm one of them. Kitchen. So that, that term does not. Nope. 
apply. That sounds like a party. Like I'm down. Don't touch me. <laughs> oh, yeah. Brandy's like urine, butt fucking. I am out. Nope. <laughs> oh, yeah. That, that is the new way to use nopitude, Brandy. I have coined nopitude. This is a nopitude moment. <laughs> this is. So yeah, if you had that on your 2020 bingo card, well done. Listen, I'm so over this year. I am not. Today is the first day where I am not over it because I just got myself a beautiful ass fucking apartment and then it's all mine. This is the first good thing to happen to me in eight fucking years. That wasn't the birth of a child. That's fair. I'm so excited. So excited. That, well, we said the things. We've done all the follow things. Us, follow us on the socials. Join yeah. our Patreon. Yeah. Kev, when are you going to help me with my Twitter? I'm trying to gas up your Twitter right now. Okay. Follow us at the McCobb Academy. I do Listen, I gave you things. like seven TikToks this week. Okay. I'll get on it. Some of us were house hunting and sleep depriving themselves with notes. I'm never cutting it this close again. If I do, you have full permission to do something I figure I find just ple- or unpleasurable. I can't say spank okay. me because I like that. You know. Can I hit you in the face with a frying pan? No. Go okay, full sure. tangled on you? Yeah, tangle tangled my ass. Okay, cool. Great. All right. Reiki tomorrow. So hopefully our next episode is going to be on Reiki. And if it's not, then we have something fun planned. Yes. Yes. Make right. sure I get my episode straight. Just hit me, hit me up in the group chat so I don't have a replay last week. <laughs> yeah, as soon as Whatever. I stop the recording, I will fill you in what the backup episode is after Reiki. Because then we might be taking a break. No. Don't even. I'm yelling at a cat. I'm sorry. That's Brandy's existence. I love the cats, but I'm going to yell at the cats. He's tearing up the carpet outside my room because he wants to come in, but I'm too allergic to let them into my room. We need to be done. You're all like, this episode's too long. And then now you banter. Listen, I'm just telling you what I'm doing with my life. All right, okay. we'll do the banter in the group chat. I will see you guys next week. Same bad time, same bad channel, with a coupon for parents that is expired. Okay, bye. Bye. Nap time for me. This podcast was brought to you by Nerdy Witch in partnership with Sound Maiden. We want to thank all of our wonderful Patreons. For updates, please follow the Macabre Academy on Facebook. Remember to like, share, and listen exclusively on Buzzsprout. Soon, we'll be available wherever you listen to podcasts.